This week on Waxing the Porpoise, G-Baby and the usual suspect Steve once again welcome Bob from the Straight Chilling Podcast, this time to embark upon a twisted journey where death dances hand in hand with dark humor and porpoises dare not swim to break down the comedic desert noir banger from 1998, Clay Pigeons. Join us as we draw a line in the sand to champion late 90s gems such as The Cable Guy and Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion, make a case for the return of coin-operated vibrating beds and motels, and blur the line between right and wrong, almost as much as G-Baby's vision after a few too many rounds of Malort. Brace yourselves for a devilishly delightful discussion that will leave you questioning your own moral compass. And remember, as we venture into this odyssey through the high desert's darkest secrets, beware the allure of Robert's rubbers, for once you've felt their touch, there's no going back. Don't hit me or nothing, just wanna play pool. <laughs> Let's wax this macabre porpoise. Don't do that. See, we're working on his brow chakra. We're just in back of the crown chakra. I better just take a shot to get in. I normally take a shot before we start to get the courage going. Starting with the Malort. Damn. All right, welcome to Waxing the Porpoise. We are back again on episode 61, here to cover Clay Pigeons from 1998. This evening, as always, you got myself, Jim G. Baby. Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. (laughs) And to my virtual right, we have the usual suspect, Steve. I keep going back to the herdsman. How's it going, friend? The wonders, the one wonders... Got it. Looks like the Oneaters. <laughs> and then we have, again, joining us from the Straight Chilling Podcast, Bob. Hi. How you doing, buddy? Oh, very, very good. I love these bump selections. They're killing it. The Oneaters. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> hey, that's the Oneaters. <laughs> yeah. In the pianos. I know, I know you're a big fan of uh, that thing you do, and so are Steve and I. So I thought yeah. that would yeah. be. I had a wild hair. I was like, you know what? Let's just do a deep cut. Love it. On that. Good stuff. Yeah, that's one of those ones that when I was a kid, <clears throat> like my mom loved, and I secretly, I was like, this is cool, but I can't. Like, it's it's not cool because my mom likes you it. You can't let her know. Yeah. <laughs> Or anyone else, but yeah. yeah, like as I've grown grown older, it's like it's definitely in the pantheon of of awesome films, and and we can uh, share a few laughs over. So that and Overboard are my two <laughs> guilty pleasures <laughs> with mom. <laughs> cool, yeah, glad to have you back. Excited to talk about this one. This is one I've I I grew up with. I saw this in the theater. Me and my dad actually. This is one of our favorites together. We run quotes from this all day long and uh so it's got a a heavy bit of nostalgia uh attached to this one and it's kind of a kooky film and it doesn't get a lot of love so i thought this would be a cool one to highlight and steve has heard me quote mercilessly 
over the years working together and I've tried to get him to watch it. So I'm, I'm glad that he finally got to partake in this too. So Bob, have you ever heard of this one or plan to see it and just never have, or, or had you seen this before? No, this movie was not on my radar whatsoever until you, you suggested uh, talking about it this evening. So it's brand new to me. Sweet. Yeah. And then Steve obviously hadn't seen it. Cut into the chase. What'd you think? Yeah, I liked it. It was fun. It was awesome. a fun, fun little romp. And yeah, the the <laughs> line that I've heard no less than 700,000 times is the, what is it? Like, show me, God damn it. Like, yeah, the and end. Then, and then when we, we brought it up to watch it this time, I was like, I have no memory of ever having heard of this movie ever. And then when you mentioned that line, I was like, oh, God, yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, this this one's definitely uh, kind of lost in that late '90s kind of mix of there's there's some really good shit in those years, and this one it, I think it just got uh, overshadowed by a ton of shit. Like, I th- thinking back, like uh, we just did L.A. Confidential from '97. I was like, why didn't this get more awards and stuff? And it was going up against Titanic, and so there's a lot of like late '90s uh, big blockbusters. I think that that overshadowed a lot of stuff like this, but like starship troopers. Yeah. <laughs> that movie rules. <laughs> it's a good Dude, one. These guys just covered uh starship troopers and they had uh oh, Matt nice. dog on. That was a yeah. lot of fun. It lost the Academy award for visual effects to Titanic. Oh, what a cool Another thing. robbery. Right. I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a good episode. Yeah, I loved that movie. I, I snuck in. I movie hopped to watch that movie when I was a, a Yeah, that's lad. a good one. Um, okay, so actually, I, I should, probably should have done this before we get into the movie, but as my penance for not having Malort on hand last time and making these guys imbibe, I got myself a bottle of Malort to share in the sorrows, and I'm, I got a little I, – I got a, a backer uh, assortment here to see – so a little mini challenge to see what can, what does the best job at, at equalizing Malort. So I have a low sodium V8. <laughs> I, have, I love this. I have a Kiki or KK key lime pie cream liqueur. That sounds oh, tasty. I thought might be a good. A mixed with Malort. Oh boy. <laughs> and then I have the, uh, La Paz Pickleback for more of the uh, acidic, the salty bite. Uh, okay. Chasing with some Stella Artois to bring some class back into this thing. But Squirt, um, squirt a little lemon pledge in your mouth right before you drink it to sort of <laughs> offset it. I'm wondering, what should, what should I start with? The V8 or the... I think I should go more acidic to like more creamy to sweet. So I'm going to start... I'm going to go Pickleback V8, Key Lime Pie, and then I'm going to smash the Stella. We'll see what happens. I think the Pickleback is going to be the most effective at masking the flavor, if I had to guess. Yeah, yeah I've used that, pineapple ju- juice before, and that, that acid kind of cut through pretty good. Yeah. But I think I think the vinegar, if there is vinegar in that pickle juice, that should counteract whatever ungodliness is in that Malort. Vinegar is the third ingredient listed, okay. so that's <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's a lot of vinegar. So, because <laughs> it's water, salt, vinegar, followed by like fifty other things. So, yeah. this is mainly like a bottle of vinegar with 
some like green, <laughs> the the slightest touch of green with dye. some green in it. <laughs> or you're gonna uh, you're gonna inadvertently do like what is it when you mix bleach with ammonia? You create like chlorine gas, a fucking gas. <laughs> yeah. Dye. yeah. Well, the pickleback did a pretty good job, actually. That was you seem nice. unfazed. But that's the Let's beauty see. of Malort is the is the the creeping effect it had. Because I remember when I, I first I... tried it, I was like, "That's not too bad." And then, did you, know. you chase it with anything? No. Damn, just like a man. Yeah, you just drank it. All right. I don't know if that was a full shot either. I don't have any shot glasses, so. Um, well, with Malort, I think we all know a little goes a long way. So. It does. That's, that's true. All right. So round two is V eight low sodium. I imagine this is pretty gonna... pretty good. Oh, that sounds... the pickleback's the winner so far for sure. Pretty good, pretty good. All right, so now we're going to it's dessert time. Key lime <laughs> pie cream liqueur. I also got some of that Crystal Head Dan Aykroyd's uh, vodka. Oh yeah, that comes in that skull. Yeah. I heard it's just good shit in general. But uh, then I saw this and I was like, ooh, that sounds like a a good. Like maybe do a, a summertime twist on like a white Russian, like Sands Kalua or Bailey's. I'll use the key lime pie liqueur. That sounds pretty good. Float a little cream on top. All right. Yeah. So the, these are a lot of different types of liquids that are now commingling in your tummy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I I don't think I thought that part through. Very your much. morning is going to be rough, man. I feel bad for your toilet. Yeah. <laughs> Your liver is very confused right now. Ugh. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. If you on pie liqueur doesn't it makes it worse, I think. <laughs> well, that was a fun segment. Um, All right. <laughs> yeah, so if you're ever drinking Malort, have a bottle of pickle juice or just get the end of a jar of some fucking Vlasic or something and chase that down and <laughs> you'll be all right. Were all of those accompaniments room temperature, or were any of them cold, or is everything room temp? Is room temp. Everything else is ice cold in my little okay. uh, makeshift uh, freezer ice chest I have in here. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I'm going hard on a fucking school night, man. We'll see what tomorrow's <laughs> like. I um, I appreciate that you're committed to the bit as hard as you are. I, I am. I'm going to drink some more Malort, too, because I'm not going to... Damn, brother. I'm not going to be upstaged. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to frank the tank by the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, you might have to guide... As soon as it hits your lips. The... <laughs> it's so yeah. good. It's so good. You might have to take us home. You know, one thing I noticed on the last episode, because I got pretty fucking juiced up uh, the last step with Chris. I noticed as, as I was editing at the end, I said, thanks for having us on when I was like taking us out. <laughs> like we were on his show. <laughs> I was like, fuck it. Leave it in, man. I, awesome. listened, I listened to that episode today. And if you were feeling woozy at all, dude, it didn't come across to me. You, you manage yourself well, I thought. I can hear it. Like my, I get a little, I get a one of these going. Yeah, but that's cool that no one else can. So I still sound somewhat professional because you know, with me, <laughs> well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since Chris said that, I'm like, yeah, I love that. All right, uh, let's get into clay pigeons. 
So this one is, I, I saw someone write a review and they had a little snippet the way they kind of like contextualize it, I guess. And I was like, I was like, that's kind of cool to think about. Um, and I, it rung true with me, but this guy's like, he said, Clay Pigeons is one of the otter films floating out around there. It's, it's a damn good time at the movies and it fits into a subgenre that I have lovingly dubbed as desert noir. Other prime examples include Oliver Stone's U-Turn and John Dahl's Red Rock West, which I, which stars Nick Cage, which is in and of itself is like a, a Nick Cage deep cut. If, if anybody hasn't seen Red Rock West, uh, it kind of definitely fits into this this uh, subgenre he's dubbed as desert noir. And I, re- I really like that uh, idea. And U-Turn, I think, fits into, into it perfect. This is a good like trilogy of sorts for that desert noir milieu. Uh, and I really like the like the funky kind of macabre desert vibe this movie has and punctuated by the um, right out of the gate with like the soundtrack and the, the, the score of this film kind of puts you in that zone. So we got Joaquin Phoenix. This is a, an earlier role, I think for Vince Vaughn. There are two main characters, Scott Wilson. People will remember from probably the most uh, walking dead is Herschel. Uh, he's pretty great in this. I was glad to see him in here. What was your guys' take on like the beginning, like going into this? I watched the trailer briefly and it definitely took a much darker turn than I was expecting. It's it's a dark comedy, but the trailer seems to pitch it as like more comedic and and uh, I didn't expect the uh the roller coaster that we ended up getting with Vince Vaughn's character and all that. So it, it was it started off with a with a quite literally a bang too, which uh I, I I didn't see coming and it really like pulled me in. I was like, you have my fucking attention. That was a great intro. Yeah. I guess to set the stage too, I should have said we, we start out with walking Phoenix and his buddy drinking. They're out in the, out in the country. And this is supposed to take place in Montana. And I think it was actually filmed in Utah, but they're drinking, shooting guns. It comes out that, Joaquin Phoenix's buddy has gotten wise to Joaquin Phoenix plays a guy named Clay that Clay has been screwing around on his wife. So he's got him in his crosshairs. He tells him to go up, tie up a new beer bottle for target practice. And he, he confronts him right then and there. And then, uh, he shoots himself in the leg and he's thought it all out. He brought his truck out there and his plan is to kill himself to frame our hapless clay here. And, and that's where it starts off. I liked right, right down the, or right from the beginning that this kind of zany needle drop from the old 97s who I, I wasn't familiar with, but I feel like this music was perfect to like, to start us off the song time bomb. What do you guys yeah. think? Yeah. I mean, this, this movie could have been made very differently with a, a different soundtrack, you know, I mean, so many, like just the, the story itself is pretty dark and a lot of the stuff that happens, it, 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 it was making me think of, we've talked about those people who recut like Mrs. Doubtfire yeah. um, trailers <laughs> to make it look like a horror movie. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like this movie was just like a few song choices away from being super dark and not at all the fun little jaunt that it was. Yeah. Like if they yeah. took out the deputy Barney and a couple other elements that, that kind of ensconce it as comedic it could be way darker you know and without these like these needle drops 
Uh, but I really like that one. It's kind of this, it's kind of this zany like it reminded me like a, of a like a psychobilly shuffle or something, and it's pretty yeah. high energy. Like I I like I forgot about that. Like all these the soundtrack choices and like how it's peppered with comedy throughout, but very subtly. So then that takes us to so the gal. I should back up the guy Earl. That's his best friend who kills himself. His wife, Amanda, is the one. Him and her and Clay have been screwing around on Wednesdays. That's their thing. And as soon as he dies, it's like you, you they paint her out to be like, like she doesn't give a fuck about this guy. She's glad he's dead. And at the funeral, she like throws dirt on the fucking casket, like just so disrespectfully. <laughs> like you, you understand who the, she's always got a fucking cigarette like hanging off her lip. She just. She, she doesn't care about this guy. And she's like, cool. Now we're, now it's just you and me. We can only have to, we don't have to, you know, run around in the shadows anymore. And Clay's like, he's not even cold yet. He's like, I'm, I'm good. Give me some time. So it's planning her as like, she's very fixated on Clay right out of that the girl. She's a fucking problem. Yeah. In this movie. <laughs> yeah. She, she does not give a shit about her old man. And yeah, she's very fixated on Clay, but only in a sexual manner yeah. like she doesn't seem to like him she just is she's showing up for her fucking dick appointment every wednesday <laughs> and when that gets disrupted she gets really pissed off and ends up killing the waitress that that clay is actually interested in while they're having sex like yeah. she she seems to just be like on the hunt for some dick and that's about <laughs> it like she's a problem yeah and the other important part too is that her name's Amanda. She she kind of get. She's like, all right, I'll give you some space, but like, I can I can play this up. Like, who are they going to believe? You know, like, because because Clay had to go back and he had to orchestrate this to make it look like his buddy Earl killed himself, but in a way that didn't like an accident involve him, yeah. right? Which I thought that was kind of. I mean, you have to su- suspend disbelief on this movie because it's not that kind of movie. You just, you're just right. along for the ride, but it was pretty ridiculous and convenient how he his he gets his truck to go off this cliff, and then it doesn't do anything, and he's like fuck, and then it blows <laughs> yeah. up in a ridiculous fireball, and it's like yeah. oh, cool, that was convenient. Um, yeah, <laughs> but so Amanda knows this, and like she could play it up to where they would come after Clay, like if she like she's got a little bit of blackmail, I guess sort sort of on him. Um, and then, yeah, he starts cavorting with uh, Gloria from the diner, this other gal who he's into. And yeah, she just walks in and blows her ass away while they're fucking on his waterbed, no less. And did this Killed remind the waterbed too? Did this harken yeah. you back to signs at all, Steve, the water and Joaquin Phoenix? No. And later on, the he's into baseball. I just kept thinking, dude, this is like Meryl in like a parallel universe, like swinging away. No, I didn't. I didn't get that at all. Really, <laughs> that's just that's my fucking stupid brain. I was just like, oh, dude, water, Joaquin Phoenix. He likes baseball. This is this takes this takes place in a branch universe of signs. Um, she she was driving me so nuts from the very beginning. It's like, bitch. The more we're seen together, the more it makes both of us look like we killed your stupid husband. And I, I must say, I don't know if this is unique to me, if you guys think the same thing. Uh, the actor who played Earl, Gregory Sporter. What an unfortunate com- last name. <laughs> yeah. It, it's funny timing coming off of 
uh, Navy SEALs, which we watched last week, but I always confuse him and Michael Bean. Connection to Michael Bean, because he's in... I th- they're the same person in my mind. Like, if you told me which one of those guys is in The Rock, which one is in Tombstone, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to tell you which is which, because they... They're the same person in my mind, so I don't. I don't know what that's about. He, this dude, the friend, he's the dude that eats one of those VX, like those green neon VX gas balls in in Welcome to the Rock. Um, Yeah, he's also in an episode of Friends. He plays that fucking health inspector. (laughs) Hell yeah, yeah. Remember the 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 overzealous health inspector that's going on with Phoebe? I remember it well. So, were you saying (laughs) this guy and Michael Bean were in something together? Yeah, they were both or in no. The Rock. Wait a second, because Michael Bean's Michael, Bean? <laughs> Michael Bean's in The Rock. Remember, he's the he's the guy that is kind of going along with Ed Harris's shtick, and then they're in that one like turkey shoot uh, scene where he fucking yeah. stands up. He's shower. like, no, he's like, you're you're involving civilians and shit. I will not stand down. Blah blah blah. And then they fucking it's like fish in a barrel. Like they have them on either side, and they just take him his faction of Ed Harris's squad down Michael Bean yeah, is I in might, the rock. I might need to go rewatch it. I've only yeah, seen I it 150,000 times, but and hmm, this dude yeah. Earl is also in the rock. He's the one that eats the VX gas ball yeah. and dies a horrible fucking death. Plaster <clears throat> plastic. Yep. Yep. <laughs> anyway, sorry for that little aside, but those two no, that- I was going to bring that up, so that's fun. So next we get to, I liked this, Doc Holliday's Bar and Grill. Yeah. So this is, so Amanda is like, she comes there, she's hot and heavy, Clay's still having no part, she keeps egging him on, and he ends up fucking just backhanding her real hard in front of everyone, and then insert Vince Vaughn. He sees this, and he's like, ooh, there's something about this guy. So that's what attaches him to him right away and we'll we'll find out as we go along but um yeah this is our first our first intro to uh vince vaughn don't hit me or nothing just want to play pool <laughs> dude I his, was gonna, his giggle i love dude, it one of the all-time great laughs in this one it's so uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. like if that dude approached me in a bar with that laugh <laughs> and then introduced himself as chester the uh mo lester like yeah. I don't think I'd be hanging out with him. I'm not shooting pool with a guy that introduces himself as a molester. Yeah. You could tell like that was like, he like introduces himself and he's like, yeah, Lester Long. He's like, like Lester, the molester. And he does this little shimmy and Clay's just like, all right, that's fucking weird, man. (laughs) And then he just goes on with it, you know, but yeah, it did. That joke definitely didn't land for anyone. Uh, Clay is having a uh, a weird week, man. Like just crazy motherfuckers coming out of the wood the woodwork, like one after the other. His best friend, best friend's wife. Then he runs into Chester the molester. It ends up being a serial killer. Like it's a it's a it's a tough run. Yeah, and it only. I mean, what is it like? This movie takes place maybe over the period of two weeks or a month. If you had to guess, that's what I was thinking, but. Yeah. The the entire the duration is weird for this guy, uh, as we'll see. But yeah, he's having a rough few weeks here. Um yeah. and one one key piece of like foreshadowing we have, one of Lester's little affectations is he likes to he like with his thumb and forefinger, he likes to flip the filter off of his cigarettes 
and turns it into a a makeshift uh filterless cigarette and so he leaves the ripped off so that's like his hallmark that's a bit of foreshadowing a little wink wink nudge nudge and then so i guess we already talked about it but it shows then clay very quickly moving on to gloria who did you notice the film they go they go to the the uh the movies or more colloquially known as the show uh (laughs) to see the unforgiven did you notice that steve i didn't yeah, that's something that we had Chris on for that we, I, I wasn't super hot on, but I thought that was fun seeing that. But And then it shows Amanda stalking them, and then she comes and she fucking shoots Clay's girl. And then she's she says something like, she's like, I know something about you, you know something about me. So they're kind of like, they're in like a Mexican standoff at this point, basically. So he still can't do shit about it. And then he's like fuck i have a busted waterbed and a dead woman in my house and then this is another one of those needle drops that i thought was just really funny and added to like the charm and like the the kind of macabre sense of this uh movie we have this fucking clay's off to fucking he wraps up the body and he's (laughs) taking it out on his boat and he's got to dump this chick in the fucking river and earn the lake you know yeah, i haven't seen her you know like shit's just getting worse and worse for him by the minute and then uh what was that little gun she had i, I always i think i i remember it from like an like an episode of scared straight or something it's like a saturday night special they call those like just a little fucking like a a two dollar pistol Steve, you're you're a gun so guy. many so many phrases just came out of your mouth. Um, <laughs> you I love think a Saturday phrases. Night, I always heard a Saturday Night Special meaning like a like a snub nose like thirty eight revolver. Oh, I don't okay. know. It was just some tiny little purse gun. Yeah, the PP seven. <laughs> yeah, it looked it looked like that more than anything else. Yeah, like it, it was bigger than one of the little those little Derringer tiny guns, but mm. not by much. Like a five round clip. Uh, it's actually uh, it's a magazine. It's not a clip. Okay, sorry. Come on, Jim. <laughs> Come on. Um. So our next shot is uh. So Clay and Lester kind of warm up, I guess. He, he mentions like, yeah, I've been fishing since I was three years old. Blah blah blah. I just caught a striper out of this lake. So they go fishing the next day, and wouldn't you know it? Here comes uh old Gloria's uh decomposing body, or that's what I thought at least at the beginning. Right. We learn different a little yeah. bit later. But one thing I loved about this scene was the way Clay sees it first before Lester, because his back is turned. Do you notice him kind of? Sh- he's trying to shoo the body (laughs) (laughs) push it away a little bit he's got the oar he's trying he's like he's looking back at lester and he's trying to push and then he puts his hand out like trying to like splash (laughs) to divert the body i was like very helpful yeah (laughs) oh a body i didn't see that at all oh it's like he's trying to clear bubbles from the top of a bathtub like that's how hard he's pushing the water yeah That part this time got me really good. Like the little things, because I've seen this movie a hundred fucking times. Like that, I had never keyed in on that before. But this, watching it with uh, my old ass man eyes, this time I got a really good chuckle out of that part. But uh, and then, sure shit, uh, our boy Lester sees the body and what's going on. And this is another one of my favorite quotes: "Man overboard, alarm." What is that? That's a person, Clay. I think that's a dead person. 
<laughs> Alarm. <laughs> Shortly after that, he says something like, man, I love the open water. Fucking... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It keeps getting crazier and crazier. <laughs> I love that. That scene for me, since it was a first time watch, was actually really tense because I was like, oh shit, like he's about to get busted by by his buddy here. Like it's it's gonna be a wrap, but little do you know, like they're both trying to hide bodies in the same lake. And like, what are the chances of that? And then later on it becomes funny because he's like, Yeah, neither one of us were all too shocked to see a exactly. floating corpse, you know, which is nuts to find out but yeah at first i was like oh my god like he's that's it he's going to jail i don't know yeah that adds to like the like how fraught he is and like the the tension he's like oh fuck get this body out of here you know like don't yeah 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 later on he i was gonna mention that too how he does say isn't it weird how we we both weren't that alarmed about about finding that body Uh, that's a good moment yeah, my uh, my favorite Vince Vaughn quote in this. It doesn't happen for a little while, but I'm wondering if I'm wondering if you have either have this bump or if you thought it was funny yourself. Where uh, Clay's like, "What, Mama Lester didn't love you?" and he's like, "Don't lower yourself." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that one. There's I had don't, to I had to narrow it down, do it. <laughs> but yeah, that one. Don't lower yourself. Yeah. Dude, he's got so many fun ones where he like he lets it out of the cage for a second. Yeah. Or when he's oh, what's he do when he tries to when Clay tries to rush him from the back and he's like Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> the he? the weakest like hug takedown from behind. <laughs> oh my god. He's like, slow yourself. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> yeah. Vince Vaughn's a man in this movie. Um I also noticed this time too, they have that delete deliverance jingle that when they're when the when he sees the body and then he's like he's like what the fuck should we do he's like let's just hook a line on and reel her in you know like and it's got that (laughs) deliverance kind of music going on in the background so it's got this kind of funky like this psycho billy like uh like backwoods kind of soundtrack on juxtaposed on this is like to me it's just perfect uh perfect pairing but um well, it's perfect because it seems so, uh, like incongruous. I, I don't know if that's the right word, but like it doesn't seem like it should go, but it does. You know, it's like Malort with your uh, <laughs> low sodium V8. <laughs> it shouldn't work, but it just does. Oh, speaking of which, <laughs> otherwise and he I wouldn't get an all my vitamins. bottle of Malort. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. And so at this point too, I think at this point you should probably start having an inkling about old Lester because he's like, Hey, you know, they're driving back after just finding this body. And he's like, Hey, I gotta be in, I'm a trucker. You know, I gotta be in billings before too long. You mind just uh, taking care of this yourself and not mentioning me at all when you report this to the cops. So that's probably your first sign. And then Clay just goes along with it. He's like, okay. You know, because did he what did either one of you think this was going towards like a fight club situation? There was a moment. No, like halfway or three quarters of the way through where I was like, please don't tell me this is just the same person. And it's like a dual personality. (laughs) Whoa. No, no, that never crossed my mind. No, I yeah, I wasn't I wasn't thinking that far ahead, especially like the first time I saw this. 
I was in eighth grade. So I wasn't thinking that far into it, but not this time either. No, I just thought like, I guess when I first saw it, Vince Vaughn seems pretty squirrely here, like trying to pass the buck and, and Hey, don't, don't involve me. Like I'm, yeah, I got shit to do. Why don't you just handle this? But that's interesting. I mean, that's, that's one way you could go with it, but I didn't, I didn't think it was going that way. So with another funny line, once Clay reports this, I mean, they're trying to add to the pressure uh, of Clay like, and he thinks like, you know, if you were in this situation, I'd, I'd be pretty fucking nervous. I think he handled it pretty well, but there's these like little moments like where the sheriff's like, and one more thing, Clay. And you're like, Oh fuck. And he turns around and he's like, uh, promise me something. Promise me you'll stop finding dead people, okay? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure thing. Later. You know, like, God, that's got to be so tense to, like, like knowing that you've hid two bodies now. And you're in a, I mean, it seems like a one-horse fucking, like, there's maybe 500 yeah. people in this town kind of situation. Like, yeah. Well, the sheriff seems to, like, know him fairly well and like him a lot, mm-hmm. which I, th- I think definitely, like, goes a long way for him in this movie. Yeah. Um, when the FBI rolls in, you know, the sheriff kind of sticks up for him saying he's not your guy. And especially in the end, which, we'll, you know, we'll get to that or whatever. But like he, he he's definitely like knows who Clay is and doesn't right. suspect him, even though he keeps churning up these corpses. We're like in a normal town, like you'd be suspect number one. Oh, for yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. He does have that. That's definitely his ace in the hole is. Uh, yeah. I don't know. what I can't remember what the sheriff Mooney, Sheriff Mooney played by Scott yeah. Wilson, who's fucking awesome, by the way. Um, he's kind of a chameleon guy, too. Like he was in uh, Exorcist three plays that kind of kooky doctor. Mm-hmm. He's also in a movie called um, The Ninth Configuration. That's really fucking oh. good that I just saw for the first time a couple years ago. He plays a really zany cat. This guy, he's he's got a lot of range. He doesn't seem like he would given this role, if you only knew him from this and like Herschel in the walking dead, who a lot of people know him from uh, probably our age, he, he has a ton of range. I implore you to check out ninth configuration. He, he, he plays like a, uh, he's like in an, in a a sane asylum kind of situation, like a military one that's over. I think George C. Scott's in it. Uh, I might have that wrong, but uh, it's a fu- it's a wild ass movie, and he he's awesome in it. But anyway, I wanted to shout out that's and rest in peace. Pour one out. That's Scott another. Wilson. I've not I've not seen the ninth configuration, but I've seen remember it being some sort of like tertiary um, sequel to The Exorcist, or it's like another William Peter Blatty joint, or it's it's somehow connected to The Exorcist. I can't remember, but I haven't seen it. I can't, I can't remember if there's ties to it, but, um, and it doesn't go as hard in like the horror or like demonic kind of direction kind of, but, um, I wouldn't characterize it that way, but it's definitely a, uh, I would say it's a must watch. It's, it's definitely, it's, it's awesome. It's a, it's a weird movie. It's, it's kind of like singular, uh, one of those movies that you can't really put in a box. And Scott Wilson's character plays, I think he plays a schizophrenic and he's all over the map. And you'd never, you would never be able to tell like as him as Sheriff Mooney in this, in this film. So it was kind of okay. cool to flash back to this and see him play him play like the straight man. Um, <clears throat> alarm. Dude, that's what me and my, my dad would say that all the time. 
that and Shuriar fishing buddy, those are like top two for me. Like if there was, even if it was like a minuscule, like you spill something, he'd be like alarm. Just like Vince Vaughn says when they see the body. Um, so yeah. So now that there's been two bodies uh, in a pretty short uh, spate of time, the FBI comes in and that's where Janine Garofalo enters the picture as FBI agent Dale Shelby and agent Renard quick bit of trivia too about that. I guess they, I don't know it kind of ton in, tongue in cheek casting, but they Dale Shelby is supposed to be like a, a cognate to like Dana Scully and Reynard agent Reynard is Fox in French. So they were trying, they were having a little fun with like Fox Mulder and Dana Scully. Uh, so X files mm-hmm. FBI agents. I thought that was kind of neat when they're at, Oh fuck. I totally skipped. So, Lester, played by Vince Vaughn, he somehow, he he runs into, I'm sure he was planning on it, but he runs into happenstance Amanda at the uh, Old Doc Holidays, the local watering hole there, and they're fucking, Clay comes by to like, because he's like, hey, who'd you tell about Gloria? Because Sheriff Mooney is like, hey, I heard you were the last one to see her. Did you guys, he's like, yeah, we went to a show, blah, blah, blah. We fooled around a little bit. Um, and so I think Lester knew going ahead, it was pretty premeditated that he was going to, he's trying to be friends with clay and he's trying, he understands what his problem is with Amanda and he's trying to take care of it. So he inserts himself, they're having a good time. And then, uh, Lester ends up taking out Amanda, uh, with a kitchen knife. This whole scene's kind of weird too. And this is one of my dad's favorite scenes when he's like, Oh boy. The way he <laughs> the way he says uh do you like it rough? Like that he always got a big <laughs> chuckle out of that and I was like that's fucking weird old man but uh it is kind of it is kind of funny the way he the way Vince Vaughn is in this scene. Like he he's he's very sadi- in hindsight or just looking at it from afar like oh this is a really sadistic motherfucker, you know, like and the way he's talking to her it is darkly there is some comedic shades there, but what'd you guys think of this, his interaction with Amanda? It is super fucked up, man. <laughs> like the scene is like yeah. pretty difficult to watch. Yeah. It's like kind kind of funny too, because of, he, he asked Amanda to like, you know, roll over or whatever. And she's like, I don't, I don't think that's legal in this yeah. County cowboy. And it's so it is like kind of funny, but he also murders her while banging her doggy style it's like pretty fucked up honestly yeah it is yeah he plays it well it's like weirdly uncomfortable like i can't imagine watching that scene with my dad that would be yeah (laughs) and how old were you jim eight yeah no i was in eighth grade eighth grade Uh much better (laughs) a little better well to be fair I didn't watch this with my dad until I was a little bit older. Me and my dad, I mean, our, our relationship, we were more like friends than parental child unit. So uh, I think that goes a long way for like in our humor the way it is. But I never found it. I never got as big of a kick as he did about that part. But some about the way he's <laughs> like, do you like it rough? Like that part always cracked him up for whatever fucking reason. But um, he wasn't a serial killer. And I don't believe you. <laughs> if you have to say he's not, that means he is. She was also, Amanda was also like sucking the blood off of Vince Vaughn's finger in this scene. It's a, yeah, 
it's a dark scene, man. It yeah. is. Yeah. He cut He's got the cowboy hat on. It's weird. Yeah, it, it's very weird. But and he makes a point to, you know, do, do his trademark. He flicks one of his cigarettes off and leaves as evidence. So that's that's one thing you could go back and say, did he want to get caught? Or is he like one of these like the action is the juice kind of characters? Like he's like getting some kind of thrill off of, you know, like leaving a trace and like thinking that he's smarter or whatever. I you could you could go into a huge K-hole about like the psychology of him in this if you wanted to, but yeah, I would say it was just hubris that he was going to make clay the patsy the entire time by putting the knife under a sink. And he thought like, there's no way they're going to be looking for anybody else because he pretty much made himself untrackable. And now he's got a patsy for all these other gals that he's killed and it's his his ex. So he probably just thought he'd be able to skate on out of town. That's a good point. I always thought of it like he really legitimately did want like some kind of buddy, like he was looking for kind of like a friend kind of thing, but also like he was hedging his bets, but maybe he was just out of the get go. He was trying to look for like a situation or a mark to be able to like a bug out bag, like, okay, I got to get out of Dodge and I'll be good because this situation's unfolded and he would be a perfect patsy for what's going on in this fucking one horse town. But I like to think it was 50-50 with him. At any rate, the FBI inserts themselves. Janine Garofalo, I, I liked her in this. Uh, I thought I she was awesome a good addition. This. Yeah. Yeah, I thought she was great. I thought it was funny like when she they foreshadow a little bit too when they're at Amanda's and she grabs the, uh, the freezer bag full of weed and joints. And she kind of takes that. And then later on when she's in her hotel room was pretty funny how she it's like one of those old school hotels that has like the you pop a quarter in and it'll fucking jiggle the bed (laughs) i mean kids probably these these days i I, i'm sure that's a relic of the past but i've been in hotels that i've seen that before oh really oh yeah i've never seen that yeah not a person oh yeah dude i i was at a family reunion in casa grande arizona in like you and your dad are watching this movie on a vibrating bed (laughs) on a on two vibrating beds just watching this wearing cowboy hats nothing else (laughs) not to overshare but uh my dad used to kill drifters yeah (laughs) he was the i-94 killer um Yeah, the highway man. Yeah, that's that's a fun like relic or vestige of the recent past. Is he's like, I don't even know what that's for. Like, it has a sexual connotation, but it's like, yeah. how does that add to the experience? Like a rumble on it seems bed. like it'd be obnoxious. Yeah, like that take yeah, down my fucking. It's not I'm trying to get my stroke you. game on, and this fucking thing's like. It's what ruining if, the tempo. What if it's two quadriplegics that can't physically move themselves? They just, you know. Or what yeah. if it's a pair of Mormons and they don't have a friend to help them jump hump? That's true. <laughs> See? Is that a variant of the soaking method? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you get your soak on. Yeah. And then you get your third party to jump up and down on the bed so that it's not you doing the motion. It's just happenstance. Jesus. Yeah. It's like level two. (laughs) So you were talking about a family reunion where you and your dad killed women. and Yes. We did like a little uh, uh, psycho clay pigeons 
on the road when I was 13. Um, no, yeah, I've, I've Aww. actually seen those, but, uh, <laughs> I thought it was funny. She like, so she absconds with the weed from the crime scene and then she's like, Oh, I'm going to twist up a, a joint, you know, and imbibe. And she also, they, they, at Amanda's, she has a, a full stack of like movies that she's taped over, you know, and she's written, you know, on the side. And, uh, so she grabs a movie, you know, and she's bored. She's smoking a joint. She pops an alien, which this is a tie back to, I guess one of the, uh, production houses in charge of this movie is Scott free, which is Ridley Scott's, uh, production company or whatever. Um, and she happens to grab alien. I think I'm sure that was on purpose. So she throws that on. She's smoking a joint. She's orders a pizza. And then she throws in the quarter of this fucking vibrating machine or the bed. And then the pizza guy shows up. I liked this scene a lot, especially now. Um, and she's like sheepishly like, he's like seven fifty, ma'am. And, and the fucking beds just going nuts. And she's like, here you go. Keep the change. What does he say? He says something too, like, Oh, you like to party or something like that. And she's like, yeah, okay. Later. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Do you remember what she says, Steve? Or Bob? She says something like, or, or he remember. says something like it's that kind of party or something like that. Cause I'm sure you can smell the weed. Yeah. I know she's living her best life in this oh, yeah. situation here. Killing it. Um, yeah. Yeah, if I'm a single FBI agent and I can out, get away with yeah. sc- scooping up a little bit of weed and I got a fucking, I got, alien going pizza pop a quarter in come on not That's bad yeah she she definitely has that uh did somebody order a bitch kind of <laughs> vibe to her like i love when she's like his name's barney <laughs> oh yes your deputy's name is barney yeah oh, that's nice when he steps in the when he steps in the blood <laughs> oh shit we just lost we just lost Bob. Yeah, he froze up for a second, but I wonder if he booted himself. I thought he was just doing a really good job at, at holding that smile. <laughs> <laughs> was that blue steel or magnum? I couldn't I couldn't quite tell. <laughs> What's he say? Like, oh, it's nowhere near ready. The Tigra. Dude, what David Duchovny in that is is awesome in that. It's like you hand it or what's he say? You like you you eye and face boys are different. And then he explains everything, and Ben Stiller's like, "But why models?" He's like, like "Really, serious? Derek? I just, <laughs> I just explained that to you." <laughs> just get down on the goddamn service road. It's a casserole, she little state. Uh, all right, let me hit up Bob and be like, "Hey, get back in, dude. I'm drunk." Yeah, I gave blood this morning, and they oh they did shit. Like a, they did like a different type of thing where instead of just taking like a pint of blood, they take two pints of your blood. You have to be, you have to be like a certain height and weight and have a a hemoglobin count that's high enough. So they take two pints of your blood, but they give you back your plasma and some saline solution. But it, it definitely takes a little bit more out of you and you can only, you, you can do it less often because they're, they're taking like, concentrated red blood so i'm pretty pretty zombified the rest oh, of the day I've only, I've only done it one other time but uh damn it you should have told me we could have rescheduled for a different night no it's fine no it's fine you, i, I feel you, fine now okay 
Yeah, it was just like the first few hours afterwards, I was fucking tired. Also, I didn't eat anything before I went in. <laughs> Jesus. Have you eaten anything I, since? Yeah, I've eaten a shit ton since. Okay, good. Because I was like, yeah. fuck, dude, you're about to fade on us faster than me. <clears throat> yeah, last time, because they tell you, you know, this one's a little more intense than just getting a pint of blood. So just be careful, you know. Don't stand up too suddenly or do anything crazy and, and, and try not to drink any booze or anything. And I'm like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and so last time I felt fine, kind of forgot about it. And it was pretty late at night. I like got up from the couch to go to the bathroom and was like, like, and just like, got super lightheaded, like, oh, fuck. And just laid down on the bathroom floor. I thought I was going to throw up just, you know. Jesus. So. It's fine. Got some free snacks out of it. Damn. Yeah, I haven't given blood so fucking long. It's funny because the questionnaire has a bunch of hilarious things in it. And it's always sort of changing depending on what's going on. And last time I went in, there was a question on there that I'd never seen before. And it wasn't on there now. And it was like, um, at any time in the last month, have you smoked even one cigarette? like what why the fuck would you ask that intermixed with all these questions about like have you ever blown a guy for 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 drug money and then used intravenous <laughs> drugs with someone from uganda in 1996 like what but yeah the cigarette question is now gone um but no they don't they didn't ask me anything about marijuana jazz cigarettes well that's cool yeah, yeah. Is there, yeah. What's your blood type? Do you know? I don't know. And that's one of the reasons I do want to get blood because I want to find out, which is a really selfish reason. But I also do want to just get blood because if I'm healthy enough and like I have enough, like why fucking not? Dude, as a special aside, that's one of the things like you're a pretty tough, like kind of curmudgeon type of dude. And I remember at our job, at our previous job that you used to work at, there was like they were doing a blood drive or something. And nobody was signing up. And it was a real sweetheart move by you, which at the time, I mean, you're this like jaded kind of like, uh, uh, cynical asshole piece of shit. And you had a really (laughs) sweet thing about like, you know, you guys should like why you should give blood if you can, because like your dad who now I've, I've met. So it, it means even more like he went through like a, uh, procedure or something had happened where, he needed he a transfusion. Two, he had two open heart surgeries that Fuck. Uh, were pretty, pretty intense. Yeah. And so he relied on that, that blood. And by virtue of that, he was, he was able to come through and, you know, yeah. everything's good, but it was funny. Like you said, being the cynic, like you said it. So uh, the cynical <laughs> asshole that you are um, <clears throat> hearing you say that was like, I was like, fuck, man, I should give blood. I'm such a sack of shit, you know, that I've never like gone out of what, but it, it was, it was the funniest thing coming from you. Like having this, well, like, ri- this moment of like, like being a pure being like sin- saying like, sincerity. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it was, it was one of those sweet kind of rare tender moments from you that I, that, uh, all right. I know you don't want to <laughs> hear you, this, but have you ever donated like blood platelets? I think is what they call them, Steve. I've never done platelets. Um, I was telling Jim the thing that I did today was 
they take two pints of uh, blood, but then they give you back your plasma. Yeah. Because certain certain blood types, they like different types of donation. So there's there's platelets, there's plasma, there's whole blood, and then there's what they call power red, which is what I did today, where they take twice the amount of red blood cells, but they give you back your uh, plasma and stuff. So, but no, I've never never done platelets. I think that's what I did once. It was like a, a situation. It took like an hour. Oh, it took a while, but they would like pump out however many ounces, take what they needed, and then pump the rest back in, and then they'd pump more out, and it was like a cycle like that. Yeah. It like yeah, going think- back into my arm. I hated the feeling. It I didn't like it at all. It felt like it was something was gonna pop. Like it was oh, a lot really? of pressure. Yeah, it was fine, but it just felt really uncomfortable. It's funny because I like I'm a polar bear. I'm always hot. I run hot as oh, shit. Yeah, I run hot yeah. as fuck. And so they're like, uh, so when they take your the blood, they spin it in a centrifuge, they separate it, and then when they give you back your plasma it's been at room temperature, so it's colder. Mm. And so they're like, we can give you a blanket. We'll give you a heater. We'll, we can put something under your ass to make it warm. <laughs> but like, I'm always, I'm always sweating so that I was like, no, don't need any of that. So when like, they send the plasma back in, it's like cold. And I was like, oh fuck. Yeah. That feels nice. It's like internal, <laughs> internal air conditioning. Cold blooded. I like yeah. it. <laughs> You're like, it's cool. I'm one eighth crocodile. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so we left off on Janine Garofalo talking about Barney. Oh yeah, the um, the vibrating uh, bed. I dare you to leave all of that nonsensical rambling. I in. I just might I just may because I think it endears <laughs> the audience more to you yeah. about your soft spot about your father who we've also had on so people have a connection to him and makes him. It, you know that point i was like dude i was like steve's got a heart of gold man like no wrong (laughs) Um, he's like gold plated maybe yeah no okay (laughs) so janine garofalo sits back living her best life as bob says with a a joint and a pie on a fucking vibrating bed and a flea bag motel and she pops on this video of alien and it, I thought it was perfect timing the way that they cut in right when uh, what the fuck's his name? Uh, I can't remember his name. John Hurt is having the chestburster scene in Alien. Yeah. And it intercuts with, and I think they allude to this previously. Like Amanda's like, come on, like, fuck me. We'll film it. And uh, so that, that lays an egg like there, like they've done this before, but it brings it back. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's clay and Amanda fucking on this video. So that, that gives Janine Garofalo uh, some ammunition. Like, Oh, you've been, you've had a, a dalliance with this gal who's now been murdered and stabbed like 40 times. So they bring him in again. And now he's at the center of his best friend dying. The gal he was last seen at the diner, Gloria shows up dead or supposedly. Well, she's still missing at this point. Oh, right, right, right. Because, and at this point it's kind of a wrinkle because he thinks, and the audience is supposed to think that that's Gloria, the gal that Amanda killed, that they pull up out of the boat alarm, that whole scene. And then Janine Garofalo is like, well, she was stabbed seven times. And it's like a, a fucking needle drop there. Like Clay's like, Whoa, what the fuck? That bitch was shot that I offloaded. Like, 
So yeah. this is a wrinkle. <laughs> so they're, they're questioning Clay about, and they put the movie on in the interrogation room and Sheriff Mooney's there and everything. What's weird to me at this point is like, why doesn't he just give up Lester? That maybe that's something that you can poke holes in, in this movie. Like that, that's, you know, suspension of disbelief, but it's like any other person, I think at this point, wouldn't you be like, yeah, this fucking weirdo that just blew into fucking town. Uh, that's something weird that's happened in the last three weeks. Well, he, or you could wait and then meet up with him and then try to just hug him from behind and take him down like that. Yeah. <laughs> Smart. Did you ever think about Op- that? Option B is better. <laughs> I like that. I mean, I was kind of thinking the same thing from the very beginning when he's like at the suicide scene. No one's going to believe you. They're, you know, it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to call the cops. They're going to come out and see that you have the gun in your hand. You shot yourself twice. I don't have gunshot shit on my hand. So from the very beginning, I was like, I'm just going to enjoy it for what it is and not right. really over overthink it too much. But yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing. Like, just give this guy up right now. I thought yeah. he was going to. Yeah, I thought he thought about it, I feel like, too. And I've seen a lot of negative reviews that be, that they're like, the forensics is just like, you can poke, poke holes in this all day long. It's like, it's not that kind of fucking movie, okay? No, it's not. So it's just not. roll with it. So leave your one stars at home. Um, there are a lot of those that are like, the forensics in this case, they would have... Whatever. It, uh, it's a comedy. It's not. It's not supposed to be taking like like that seriously. That deadly seriously. Right. Yeah. I I still did wonder even at this time. It's like why wouldn't you just like mention his name or or something? Yeah. You know. But you know maybe maybe uh, Clay's a little lonely too, and he he's like he sees something in the less this Lester guy, and he want he wants to be friends and and not give him up or. Uh, involve him for no reason like bring him into something that maybe he has nothing to do with but you could explain it away that way but anyway i mean could it also be just to give the benefit of the doubt when he talked to lester earlier he was like oh amanda told me a lot about you or was that after he killed her i think that may have been after but when that okay. does come into play then it that doesn't add extra wrinkle to clay because then he's like well I got to guard myself now against this guy because I don't know what he knows also. So there, there is that, but I don't know when that happens in the timeline, but at any rate, you know, I think, I think he did say that to him when he, he came over to Amanda's house and he was talking to him in the front lawn, like, Hey, what's going on? You guys, that's interesting. And he's like, yeah, she's, she said a lot about you. He could have been like, Oh fuck. Maybe I, maybe I shouldn't drop the dime on this guy. Just that, just that's to be overly point. deferential. Yeah, that's a good point. So, and at this time too, it shows a little bit of Sheriff Mooney. He's kind of like going to bat for Clay. Like, you know, like he's not this kind of guy, yada, yada, yada. He's a nice guy. And that's when our agent Reynard, one of his few, few moments, he's like, they're all nice guys. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> they, there's an, another body that's found at this point, and this is another funny Barney moment when he's poking the body with a stick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Janine yeah. like, can you not poke that dead body with a stick? I love her dry ass humor. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> that's just like always her delivery in pretty much any movie she's in. But I, I love it, man. Yeah. It's just, it hits for me pretty much every time. We need some more Garofalo. Like, you know, where, where's she been? We need to. Dude, get her back I, out there. I could not agree more. 
I loved her in Half Baked when she plays that fucking kooky ass chick up in the fucking rafters in that attic when Dave Chappelle goes to deliver weed to her and she's like, I have helped or what she's she says, I have killed. I have helped kill. I've been killed. Yeah. <laughs> I need I'm Buddha. Sure. I need I, Christ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you I'm just else. trying to give you your weed, lady. Like, <laughs> get me fucking out of here. You know what else she rules in is Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion. Yes, she does. Dude, Dude that's she's a fun so movie. good in that movie. That's one of my wife's all-time favorite movies, and she it's a good I've, one. I've come around to it now, like the whole businesswoman's lunch, and like, you know, anyone that's a fan of that movie will get what we're saying, but yeah, that is a fun movie. Actually. I don't know shit about that one. Oh, yeah. It's, it's funny, and it's also from the same time frame. It is. It's like, like 97, like ni- yeah. right there. Yeah. It, it It's a fun. It's one of Lisa Kudrow's few, like big movies like her and Mira Sorvino are Romeo yeah. Michelle. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's it's a good time. Justin Theroux's in it. He plays that fucking cowboy, that weird fucking character that Janine Garofalo, she's always telling this one chick to shut the fuck up. Anyway, man, that's a huge tangent. But yeah, that is right in this time frame. So what happens that calls in Clay here? Where we go? Well a side part too is we find out that Lester, played by Vince Vaughn, is that's kind of like a, a side name, and at his trucking co- trucking company, like he's got this other gal that's like working the phones that knows, like, hey, if anyone calls for Lester Long, tell them they no longer work here. So he's got like an in right there, and it, and he said his his name at least between her is Bobby, so he's probably got fifty different fucking names at this point doing his you know serial killer game that he's doing, so. Clay finally gives Lester up and they start looking for him. They can't find him. Then they get a warrant to search Clay's house. They find it, the knife that, that Lester had planted underneath the kitchen sink. So then they throw, they throw Clay in the clink, uh, the, the, the town jail there that's only presided by Barney. Um, so then at that point, uh, Lester comes in for a visit to clay and this is one of my favorite parts too is he lets him know he's like hey the only reason the only way they're gonna like he's trying to get clay out of this for i don't know what reason like at this point i thought like he's still trying to be buddies with this dude for whatever reason you know he's playing this weird fucking game but he sees something in clay like and probably he's lonely too but he, he he wants to be pals with clay so he's like okay they got you in here thinking that you're me, basically. So the only way they're going to know that you're not guilty is if another some some other gal or some other person gets killed the same way with the same M.O., you know. And they tease earlier, there's this gal, Kimberly, that works as a waitress at a diner that Clay used to babysit. So he's got, you know, she's quite a bit younger, it seems like. And he's like, oh, I got Kimberly's number, you know, but, or do you have her number? And it's like, oh, don't worry about it. I already got her number. I'm going to go visit her, you know, and this and that. So Clay's like, oh, fuck, you know, he's going to go kill this chick that I used to babysit to try and get me off the hook, you know. I disagree with you, but I think I think Bob has thoughts before I vehemently disagree with your take on that. Please do. Sure. Yeah. Like Lester is just, he was like trying to teach him a lesson basically for, for talking shit about him and his mom or whatever earlier. So he frames him 
And then he strolls in and it pretends like he's going to get him off. I don't really think he gives much of a fuck about Clay. He just likes to kill people and ruin people's lives. I, I think that's like his primary objective, honestly. Um, I don't know if he cares much about like making a friend or keeping a friend. Damn. I read, no. I read this totally different. Like he's actually yeah. trying to like have a pal here. No, I don't think so at all. And I'll tell you why. So he frames Clay, right? So he's in jail. When he comes in to visit him and taunt him, he takes the bullets out of Barney's gun because he knows that he's a hapless guard. And when he taunts Clay to say, hey, I'm going to go kill this girl so they know it's not you. It's really just another body he's trying to put on Clay because he knows that he's going to get out. That's why he took the bullets out of Barney's gun. But he's just doing it to taunt him to do something crazy like, I don't know grab a jailer's gun and point it at him to take his keys and steal his car. Fair enough. Yep. I'm, I'm probably giving him more benefit of the doubt than you guys are, but another, another one liner from uh, Vaughn that I really liked in this was patience, buddy. Can you try that? The big P word, patience, patience, the big P word, dude, that's one. Don't right. lower yourself. <laughs> Don't lower yourself. God damn it. Yeah. That's another one. Like, if my if I I was ever hot about something, or like, is that your cat? That's my kitty. Yep. Okay. It sounded like she was fighting with two other cats. Yeah, she's going nuts. Yeah. She but, just came in to say hello. Just saying, hey, hey, Lola. Wow. That's another one my dad would say all the time. It's like, can we use the p word, the big p <laughs> word, patience. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I love his whole the way he operates <laughs> in all of this and how he's handling all this shit with Clay. So then we we cut to Lester at Doc Doc Holidays again, and Janine Garofalo is there. I thought that was a this was a fun scene too because yeah, she's very mm-hmm. like tight. Like I'm not gonna let anyone in. Like you know, she's like I'm here to have a couple glasses of scotch, blow off some steam, and. Lester Lester knows what's going on and he sees her and he fucking he sidles up to her at the bar, you know, and starts fucking just charming the fucking pants off of her, you know. Yeah. Like much to her chagrin, I think, but she's probably three sheets to the wind at this point and she's just gobbling it up. After I mean, she gives a good a tough show at the beginning. Uh, yeah. But, you know, old Lester's she softens. Able to, she softens. She, he, He's able to break her down. And what he does right out of the gate, too, when he sidles up to her is he breaks off the the cigarette right at the filter, right on the ashtray in front of them. Um, And then, yeah, he's just charming the fucking pants off of her. And then at the same time, then we have Clay. He's trying to get out. He finally wakes up Barney from his fucking Rip Van Sleepy uh, fit, like the fifth nap of the day. One one line that Barney says too that I, I really fucking got a huge chuckle out of this time was like, "Hey Clay, come on, come on!" He like finally gets up. He's bringing him his food. He's like, "This ain't corn dogs on Sundays. This is big time." <laughs> it's like, what the fuck does that mean? This ain't corn dogs. Is that a Southern thing, Bob? Can you? It's it's, it's the Lord's food, the Lord's cuisine, <laughs> corn dogs. <It's- laughs> I don't know. No, I don't think that means much of anything that that I'm aware of. But I mean, I like corn dogs as much as the next guy, I guess. But he says on Sunday too. I'm like, is yeah, that a I fucking thing? Like, 
Uh, it's it's the body of Christ. You have a little wine, uh, and then they slam a corn dog in your mouth. And well, that's you a little way. bit more than the body of Christ. That's like that's a little something extra in there. You can you know interpret it <laughs> as you will. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so Clay escapes. He takes Barney's gun, and then Lester has been talking to this gal Kimberly. They're at like some kind of dock, is what I can gather at like a. A lake or boathouse or something outside of well, Doc Holidays. To, it looks to like. go back to the bar scene real quick. Yeah, the, uh, I, I did gloss when, over this. When uh, when Kimberly comes in and, and Vince Vaughn's like, "Oh, sorry, little lady, time to go." You can tell she was a little disappointed. Like, "Oh fuck!" I, yeah, I kind of let my guard down, allowed yep. myself to be charmed, yep. and now I regret it because I'm a stupid bitch. And I and I <laughs> and I kind of thought, I kind of thought they weren't they were gonna let the the broken filter thing go like they weren't going to show it because he did it so much earlier. Right. And then just dropped it. I was like, Oh fuck, she missed it. And then right as he goes to leave, he like hits the ashtray and then she sees it like, Oh, okay, great. This was also the scene where I, I finally, um, accepted that this can't be like a fight club dual personality thing. If, if he's there talking to her and right, he's interacting with another human. Yeah. And I also wish somebody would have done a super cut of all his crazy little giggles throughout the movie. Cause <laughs> yeah. there, there's quite a few different ones. They're not all the exact same. No. And you know, what's funny right around the same time he was in the psycho, uh, remake. Did you ever yeah. watch that, Steve? This came no. out. I want to say it was like 97, 98, 99. Because I remember I went to this with my wife, with my uh, dad and his new wife. We went and watched this movie. I was in like ninth grade. And I had never seen the original Psycho. And this Psycho with Vince Vaughn, it, it was wild as shit. But he has that same little chuckle. He uses it in Psycho also. Maybe not to the as as great of effect in clay pigeons, but he still has that weird chuckle. You know, it's like a trademark hmm. of his. Um, it's, it's definitely not as effective in psycho. I don't, I don't think it plays quite as well. Cause it, there's not much levity in psycho. You no. know, this, it, it just, it feels more natural. I think in something like clay pigeons for sure. Totally. Yeah. It, it, it totally adds to kind of that, that dark desert noir, uh, that macabre kind of sense around this yeah. guy because he, he's, he's really likable in one sense, but he's also like a serial killer and it's easy to brush that aside when it's just like, it almost feels like a buddy cop movie between him and Joaquin Phoenix. But, um, another, one of my favorite points is when they're in the jail and, and they're like barking at each other, Vince Vaughn and, and, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. And he's like, you set me up. You set yourself up. God damn it. You crossed the line with me, boy. Cross the line with me, boy. Like yeah. That whole <laughs> I'm sure that brings up some memories for you, Steve. I wonder oh, yeah. if subconsciously, like, I pulled it from that. Yeah, and you want to Were tell you thinking that maybe? I wasn't, but now I am. I think you either wanna... subconsciously or consciously, I, I pulled it from that, but... Uh, as I guess a quick tangent, if we want to ex- extrapolate on that one time at oh yeah at work, uh, fuck it was like the I want to say the dog dick heat of summer like July thirty Northern California it was like a hundred and three <laughs> probably damn if I'm keeping it a buck and like twenty percent humidity and we're outside on break well, can I can I give a little bit of a background 
Please do, because I only remember pieces of this, because I think I blacked yeah. out. Oh, for sure. I don't know if you know that I might have been the puppet master behind this whole thing. Oh, really? Yeah. This is so, a new wrinkle. Yeah. So I, I don't know why, but our quote-unquote like safety committee had just brought in some air horns, because we had for- <laughs> forklifts that were coming in and out of areas, and... This was a ragtag operation. Yeah. Bad news bears in a warehouse. This would, people should have died many times over. (laughs) So thank God for the air horns. Yeah. So our, our, our bandaid instead of, you know, proper protocols was like, let's just get some air horns and leave them around. And, and one of our other coworkers, uh, Tyler, I, I told him, I was like, you won't sneak up behind Jim and, blast it right in his ear and i think at the time he was like what 18 19 yeah he was no younger than 21 that's for sure yeah and i said it kind of half jokingly because that will rupture the fuck out of your eardrum but i was like you won't you won't sneak up behind him and and hit him in his ear with it (laughs) because our friend jim here occasionally has a little bit of a temper so we thought it'd be hilarious to uh you know, light a stick of dynamite underneath him. And so, yeah. That's a good analogy. That's the background. Yeah. So I, I think I w- it was break and I was like midway through a story. And then he comes up like. In in your cut off. Felt, if, cut off shirt. Yeah, I was wearing cut off <laughs> jorts. Hell yeah. And a, and a cut off t-shirt. I was probably wearing the hitter sit. I had an old football, yeah, like a dude. I like old, a crop top. I had an old football yes. shirt that I cut the sleeves off that Steve loved. On the front, it said Turlock football. On the back, it said Hit or Sit, and it had like <laughs> just a helmet and some, and a fist rising through, holding the helmet. Oh hell yeah! So yeah, yeah that was, it was it was sweat stained, gross, <laughs> covered in dirt. Dude, oh, I love it. I love so, the image. So that shirt. Coupled with like jean shorts, it's like the uh, domestic violence starter pack costume. (laughs) (laughs) So this is this is the guy that I told to blast an air horn in his ear from four (laughs) inches away. Yeah, if I don't know how far it was, it was very close. But dude, it hurt my ears (laughs) so bad. And anyway, fuck, we're dragging this out. But I got really mad at him, and he got really mad at me. And I remember. So this line that we're saying, the fucking cross. You set me up with me, boy. You crossed the line part. I said, I I think I spat on the floor. You spit, you spit on, on the ground. I spat on then- the ground. And I said, I bra, 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 you crossed the line with me. And I remember distinctly making a line in the sand with my foot. Yes. Yes. It was like a, it's like a gravel parking lot. <laughs> you spit on the ground. Said some things that won't be repeated here, and then literally drew a line in the gravel with your foot. Yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. And I think the last of it was he said, fuck you. And I was like, (laughs) fuck you too. And then we like, it it dissipated from there. Yeah. I was at a safe distance laughing hysterically. (laughs) And the next day we were fine. Yeah. That's fantastic. It's it's difficult for me to imagine you that mad 
He was one of the groomsmen in my wedding. Holy <laughs> shit! Yeah, we're good. We're good friends. Yeah, that was that was no big deal. Anyway, God, that was a huge tangent. But cross the line. I I wonder if that's what I pulled it from. Is from this movie, but probably. Yeah, I mean it's better than if you had yelled at him like you like it rough. <laughs> <laughs> That's illegal in this county, cowboy. Let's find you a know motel. What my daddy always says me. takes quarters. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, d- dude, this cue is another one of my favorite lines too. Is like when uh, so uh, Vince Vaughn, he's like, "All right, fuck it." He pulls out this crazy huge knife, and then he's got this gal Kimberly on the dock, and he's got her at knife point. She's like, oh, fuck, this is getting really weird. And then Vince Vaughn's like, this is a little too weird. It's going to get fucking weirder. It's going to get fucking weirder. <laughs> Dude, I that part I love, too. And what's he say, too? He, there's a part where he's like, he's talking to Joaquin Phoenix. And he's like, you know, he's like, we're friends or whatever. And then Joaquin Phoenix is like, I ain't your friend. I'm not your friend. Sure you are, fish buddy. Dude, that's one. Like, <laughs> I probably heard that three thousand times from my dad. <laughs> like any any time it would be appropriate to say "sure you are," that would come out. So that's like cattle brand into my brain as well. And then it's I don't know. It, it's a little anticlimactic the ending. The ending when um, yeah. <laughs> clay escapes they're in this like kind of standoff and he's like what are you gonna do you know fuck i gotta cue it again this is another one we alluded to earlier let's see what the fuck you got boy you got some shit on your mind boy show me show me god damn it that's where that <laughs> yeah. came from like when he's yeah. like show me so he's like you got you know, some shit and, on your mind yeah because clay at this point he's got a gun to him and this is the gun that steve alluded to previously he had emptied uh, Barney's gun and he actually goes through with it. He fucking, he has him at gunpoint and he, he clicks the trigger and nothing comes out. He's like, fuck, you were actually going to shoot me. And then, so as a, I guess as a compromise, he lets Kimberly go and he just chains up uh, clay at this dock and absconds. And then the cops show up, whatever. And then, and then clay doesn't say anything like what, or maybe he sends him in the wrong direction and yeah. uh, Vince Vaughn gets away. Only for a little bit. So then we sh- see Clay. He's like at his house. He's like, all right, I'm fucking done with this town. All this wild shit. I'm done with Lester. And it shows him packing up. Yeah. Jenny got in, got in no trouble at all for stealing yeah, a cop's gun and locking him in a jail cell and stealing his cruiser. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what kind of town this is. Um, so, yeah, he gets away with that. Scott free. And then uh, Janine Garofalo comes back and is like, you don't got anything else, do you? He's like, nope. And then we shoot to another. This this ending scene is one of my favorites as well. When Clay goes, to, it's like the, the last stop motel and there's no one there. And it's this little diner and he, he stops in. And then who do we see is Lester pops in and they, they start talking. And he asks the... Uh, like the soda jerk there, the one guy working, he's like, you got any strawberry shakes? Like real ones. Like who's uh real ice cream in your shakes. Sure do. I'm talking to real McCoy. <laughs> yeah, they are real. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I, laugh. I was like, yeah. dude, you're such an asshole. Like I felt bad for this guy too. Like 
especially this time, keying in on his reaction, like, oh, but that whole <laughs> that, <laughs> that part sends me every fucking time too. And then so they talk, and we have Scott Wilson who plays Sheriff Mooney planted as like you know he he's uh, racing horses or whatever, and we see Vince Vaughn go out and and talks to him and. They get in the truck and Clay goes one way, they go the other, followed by cops and credits roll. So it seems like, you know, he has one final setup, you know, and he, he's able to get Lester out there and then they're able to capture him that way. I like that send off. What do you guys think of that last scene? I didn't love it. I kind of. Really? Yeah, I thought the ending of this movie was a little flat. It's probably like, it's probably my biggest complaint with it. Cause it just felt like most of the stuff that like the movie was setting up didn't ultimately matter that much. Cause like the whole reason why he doesn't ever tell anybody about Lester is because he's worried that Lester knows too much about him and what he's done. And like, you know, that should still be a problem here. In addition to everything that Steve highlighted, like him, you know, locking an officer up in the jail and stealing his gun, his cruiser and all this stuff. Like not, none of it really has any weight at the end of the day. He could have apparently just gone to the cops right at the beginning and it would have had the same outcome. So I didn't really love that. Also like, where's the FBI? Like we don't, they just kind of fuck off. Like they don't show up at the end. Um, and also like, why don't they just arrest him? Like if there are cops all over the place, like why yeah. do they follow? Like, why don't they just arrest him right then and there? Like we don't get to see him arrested. It's just like, it's, it's just kind of a, lame ending like a lame duck ending i think yeah i thought the ending was also really stupid um <laughs> for for a lot of the same reasons like if, if you're gonna arrest him just do it because if you let him get in the car with the sheriff in this weird ploy he, he's just gonna fucking kill the guy and steal his truck potentially like he's a serial killer especially when he looks behind him and sees two cop cars what what's the point of this weird elaborate horse ploy to get him in the car but yeah <laughs> that's i i agree but i also say i think you have to look back at the rest of the movie like this is what kind of movie it is and i thought that was it was kind of charming to see him like trying to hook someone else and think that he's so going back to his hubris you know like oh you know like i mean they parallel with yeah i've been fishing since i was three years old and he talks to Scott Wilson and he's like, "Oh yeah, I've been riding horses since I was three years old." He's like, "You do so, short track." Like, I, 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 I liked the ending because I thought it it played into like who his, his character was and how confident he was. He's like, "I'm just on to another score, or I'm on to the next thing," you know. So I'll be honest, I I wasn't sure that that was the sheriff at first. I thought it was just another old guy who kind of looked like him. Oh, okay. And so when he conned his way into the truck and left. I thought like, okay, this might be an okay ending if if Clay is just going to let him go on and start another killing spree on his own with these horse people, that's fine. But then when the cops rolled in, it's like, wait, that's that's n- neither of the good possibilities of him either getting arrested right there or him allowing like, yeah, go ahead and kill whoever you want. Just leave me out of it. It's like, well, it's kind of the worst of both scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. So is he just going to drive to the station? Like, is Lester going to be chill when he sees that he's pulling into the parking lot of the police station? Like, how's that going to go down exactly? He's going to Rambo knife that guy in the face right next to him. 
Yeah. Like in real life, you would think there would probably be like a SWAT team or there'd be, yeah. there'd be some kind of countermeasures and like he's going to be taken before he even gets into that truck, you know? So yeah, that's totally fair. But if I'm riding with this movie the way I have thus far, to me, I enjoyed it, but. Yeah. I mean, it, it didn't detract enough to go from a, from a yay to a nay for me, but it was yeah. like, it was like a big, like. Oh, what the fuck? That was kind of a weird ending. Yeah, it doesn't like ruin the movie necessarily, but he is like you learn enough about him to know that he's like such an unsufferable piece piece of shit. Like you kind of want to see him get his comeuppance, but he yeah he does, but just off screen. So it, it kind of sucks that you don't get to see it. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Then Lester, you know, he he gets off thinking he's scot free, and he gets. Uh, ostensibly taken down by the the po nine so that's the end of lester there and that's your movie you guys have anything else to add uh i think like movies of the style are just something that we don't get a whole lot of anymore it was like in the 90s there seemed to be like a it just seemed to be kind of lousy with these like really dark comedies and i I dig the style, like the the vibe of it quite a bit. And I I mean, we don't really get a whole lot of comedies in general nowadays, but like, especially these like dark, weird, quirky comedies. A lot of the early Coen Brothers stuff kind of had that same vibe to it too, you know, uh, like Fargo. Fargo kind of felt like this a little bit. There's a, like the cable guy. I don't know if, if you ever seen the cable guy, Steve. Yeah. Um, Shit like that, I just really like enjoy the tone of, and I kind of wish we got a little bit more of that. I'm glad that I that I got to watch this though. I don't know, it's you know first time, and it definitely has that that kind of vibe. Yeah, I agree. I feel like, I mean, as a as a movie novice, it feels like all the stuff they're making now is is just to satisfy, you know, the algorithm or whatever's popular at the time. We're just going to keep hitting that over and over, not take any chances. Because if you were to try to pitch this movie now, like, okay, it's about a guy who kills himself, and this other guy gets framed for it, and it's a uh, serial killer, but it's also a comedy, like, I can't imagine the studios would be like, keep keep talking, I'm interested. Yeah. No, no they'd be like, yeah. is there a superhero? Can we get Chris Pratt to do it? Is Dwayne The Rock Johnson in it? Can we get Kevin Hart? Like, otherwise, we're not interested. But, yeah. Yeah, Cable Guy was great. Yeah. yeah. I love Cable Guy, man. That's it's such a good fucking movie. Jim Carrey just going to eleven in that shit. Um, there is apparently they were gonna have like they're gonna try and get Chris Farley to be the Cable Guy in the movie. It didn't work out for whatever reason. No, but like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine the Cable Guy with Chris fucking Farley? Like, I love it as it is, but you know, I mean, I'm I'm a huge Chris Farley fan. So especially like being a bigger kid, like, and bigger dude, like he was like a hero growing up, like Tommy boy, black sheep, like, dude, I loved Chris Farley. I remember it was right around when like princess Diana died, I feel like. And Chris Farley had passed away like that same year, very close to that. And I mean, that affected me more than, I mean, princess die. I feel like people can't really wrap their heads around these days with like the, the way the information is just everywhere nonstop. But at least for me, when Princess Diana died, that was like a huge fucking deal. Like, and like everyone felt it. I, I was like, dude, that's fucked up. And then Chris Farley also died very close by. And that hit mm-hmm. me super hard. Like I was like not prepared for that at all. 
Yeah, I didn't know who the fuck Princess Diana was when I was like eight. But yeah, Chris Farley, I was like, oh, that's sad. The Tommy Boy guy. Yeah. (laughs) I I think you're a touch younger than me. So I, I, fuck, what was that? I want to say it was like 99. So I was like 15. At any rate. Princess Diana died, I want to say for sure, 97, 98. Because I I know where I was thinking at the time. That's when Con Air came out, as we've talked about. Con shit. Um, couldn't couldn't care less about Princess Diana dying. Chris Farley, it's interesting. He was a lot younger, I think, than people realize. Like he was in yeah. the Thirty Three Club. I'm pretty sure. I think he was even younger. Really? I, maybe I'm confusing I'm sure somebody he, I'm else. I'm pretty sure he died the same year as his idol Jim Belushi or uh, so, John Belushi. I feel like I looked it up at that one sounds point. Right. And I remember thinking maybe he just looked a lot older than he was. Was he 33 years old? He was born 1964, died 1997. So yeah, th- he's in the 33 club for sure. That's okay. that, and that was one of the eerie things like people talked about and stuff too. You know, like he died, like his idol was John Belushi. He died the same age. They were both like the same kind of character. Wild had this off screen like fat, part. Oh, you mean fat drug addict comedian? Yeah. Hey. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he like he, he demons, did bro. like idolize him for sure. There was a that documentary that I can't remember the name of it is Chris Farley documentary. It's, it's super, super interesting. I think it was on HBO. Yeah. I think it's called like, I am Chris Farley or something like that. Yeah, that might be it. But like, it did seem like he full blown just wanted to be Jim Belushi and him like passing away at the exact same age could have been like a self-fulfilled prophecy kind of thing. But yeah, eerie for sure. It's a bummer. Yeah. I mean, Jesus died at 33 also, if you believe that. Chris Farley is just Jesus. Yeah, fat Jesus. (laughs) I'll take it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I I can't gloss over the fact, you guys, uh, I cut out for a bit there. Uh, Cable Guy, fuck yeah. That's such an awesome, I fucking love that movie. Banger. And I was so mad, like, when it came out, too, and, like, people were bagging on it. It was big, too, because I think that was, like, the first, like, $20 million paycheck, an actor demand, like, commanding that kind of money. And Jim Carrey, he was, like, one of the first few that he got $20 million for that movie, and it didn't make back, it kind of bombed. And so he had that kind of flack on it. But, dude, I would implore you to go back and watch cable guy and not have a good time um, yeah yeah it's great it holds up fuck yeah dude there's so many dude the nightmare scene when he has those like eyeballs <laughs> when he does the fucking uh when he's talking about the jefferson airplane shit and the nightmare at altamont and does the karaoke scene <laughs> the fucking medieval times like god damn yeah. oh fuck red knight's going down <laughs> <laughs> i love it damn 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 dude and then andy dick and like i know he's a fucking problem nowadays but like when he's like when they shoot to all the people he's given illegal cable to he's like unlimited cable my ass or whatever like (laughs) there's so many that's such an underrated fucking flick him and owen wilson the fight scene in the fucking bathroom god i love that scene so much when he presses his lips up to the fucking air dryers like from this angle you look like dizzy gillespie like he's like blowing humming jazz music the whole time (laughs) with a fake mustache peanuts dude so So peanuts so peanuts god great dude i don't remember that part at all it's been a long time 
He goes, it's like one of those fancy, have you ever, this is one thing, I've only been in one bathroom. Have you ever oh, been in a shit. bathroom when there's, where there's an attendant? I don't no. think so. No. I've been in one bathroom and it was the, dude, it's, this is a fun story. It was called the Glass Cat. It was like in San Francisco. This is the only like club I've ever been to that like has like a cover and a VIP and like people in big cities probably this is like your from backwood and I, I am but i yeah. went to one like <laughs> club like this and dude i swear to god dude i go to the fucking john like this place is bumping dude like people are like cred credit card and bitches on the fucking on the stage like people are what? dancing shit, <laughs> shit's getting wild yeah dude and i go into this super nice like marble bathroom and they have an attendant there you know and like i'm like what the fuck you know you go take a piss you wash your hands he fucking offers to like dry your hands he has like a fresh towel and gives you a mint and shit all of that but um this that scene in uh cable guy when he walks in he's like you've been working hard and he flips a crisp 20. He's like, take a break. And then to, to go in there and whoop ass on Owen Wilson, dude, that whole scene is, I love that part. But yeah, I've only it's been in, in one club like that. That scene reminds me of that scene in Liar Liar where he beats his yes. own ass too and someone walks in <laughs> on him. Like Jim Carrey and like bathroom beatdowns is a thing, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah, whooping your own ass. I mean, he made that. I I thought he sold it pretty damn well, man. Yeah. That's like, there. That's crazy when you can meet like physical comedy and like you know like actual like brain power putting those together. Yeah. Like, yeah. Liar, liar that's, stands up. I stand by it. Oh yeah, yeah. Dude. My plan to face myself out is almost complete. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, oh, maybe later we can do the claw to mom, and and he's like, hey, great gift, dad, and he's like. Thanks, son. Dude, <laughs> that's like my nightmare. Like if I ever got divorced and like I have to deal with like some other dude like raising my kids or something. And you just Jerry, you just have to go into some kind of hole and like play it off that way. Like, huh, thanks, son. My place to my plan to phase myself is almost complete. Like dude, I bought it hook, line and sinker. Yeah, it, do, it does hold up. Fuck yeah. How'd you guys get on Jim Carrey tangent? Oh, I just started going, going down this, this whole like, uh, rabbit hole about, um, like dark comedies and how they were sort of rampant in the nineties and they don't seem to come around much anymore and got onto like Cape Fargo cable guy and things like this. Um, yeah, I love all that shit. I kind of wish we got more comedies just in general, you know, but like, especially stuff like this, just, you don't really see much of it anymore. Yeah, what was that other one you were recommending? Looked kind of like maybe not so much, but like in this vein of like a dark, like tense comedy. Was it a uh, a serious man? Oh yeah, um, the Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, it's called A Serious Man. It's it's got that like dry Coen Brothers like dark humor. It's definitely it's got. Um, Probably a few actors in it you might recognize. Nobody like super huge. The one main guy, I don't know his name, but I I know him from Boardwalk Empire. Yes. And I can't yeah, remember. He's, he's like the the main accountant dude who's like Yeah, I'm blanking all on his name too. Business. Um yeah, I can't remember his name. He's not a it's a, a easily identifiable guy, but he he looks like a good choice for this flick. He was great. I think he was also in uh, Shape of Water too. But um, oh yeah, that's right. 
it's the the movie like focuses on him and his family and and uh, it's a Jewish family and he's like a professor at a college and he's married with a couple kids and his life is just falling around fa- falling down around him like every single aspect of his life is just like beelining to the shitter and it's so fucking dark and so fucking funny and the acting is impeccable i love that movie if you're into coen brothers movies you'll you'll, you'll enjoy it i recommend it a serious man I'm going to write that down because I yeah. forget everything. Yeah, it's it's a good one, man. It's 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 nobody really as far as like Coen Brothers movies go, it seems like anytime I ask like, "Why well, have you seen a serious man?" most people haven't. And um yeah, check it out. It's it's weird when you sent me that and I looked at the trailer. I've like that it came out in 2009. Mm. 2007 to like 2012 are slightly foggy to me uh, for a lot of reasons. But um, in particular, it was weird. I felt this like weird deja vu watching that trailer and remembering it like, oh, fuck, that looks really good. I need to I want to go out and watch. I need to make sure I see that kind of thing. And then it just fucking just dematerialized completely. So but watching that, yeah, definitely color me intrigued for sure, because. I'm not like, a, I guess if I look back on it, like I really am, I could call myself, yeah, I'm a big Coen Brothers fan or like a lot, of, mm-hmm. I like a lot of their shit, but I don't think of them in the forefront like the way I do. Like, I know I like Wes Anderson films. Like, I know I like, it's not something right in front of me, but when I reflect on it, oh, fuck, I do like a lot of their films. Even I liked yeah. um, Hail Caesar had its problems but i there was a lot about it i did like but like i love the fuck out of big lebowski like some of their yeah. earlier stuff even too like miller's crossing is fucking awesome uh with albert finney um oh brother where art thou oh dude oh brother so I, good my my grandfather which he's not a cinephile at all and he loved this fucking film like he fucking loved it he his favorite thing to watch was the history channel and like how it's made and shit like that you know he was mm-hmm. very he's kind of like steve like he watched very few movies but the ones he did watch he, he really liked you know like shawshank expendables one two what have you um, and three and and four is upcoming let's not sleep on the upcoming number four Ooh. <laughs> exciting but yeah this was one that he could like he had that echolalia thing like he would he would spout shit off from uh old brother warthow like whenever you know like oh yeah even like the small like you know, you got light fingers, Everett. You know, when he lifts the fucking the timepiece from over yonder Briero, like all all the like little picadillos about that movie. He just loved he he'd seen it more than anything. So yeah. I I love Coen Brothers films, so like when I got turned on to that, I was like, fuck yeah. And it made me think of uh the man who wasn't there, who I, I feel like that doesn't get a lot enough play at all. And it's it's one of those few gems too, like you've never heard of, and you'll go on IMDb and it's got like a seven point six. It's like yeah. it's a really solid flick, but no one you don't hear about it at all. Um that's another good one, Coen Brothers as well, Steve, if you want. Uh I think that would that would make for a good porpoise episode too, is the man who wasn't there with Billy Bob, Francis couple of the regular players like Michael Imperioli is in it. It's fucking awesome. Francis Ooh. McDormand. Um, awesome flick. And it's one of their flicks that it has the tinges of dark comedy, but it's, it's brought down and it's way more like melancholic, like kind of depressing. Like it, it affects you in a way that's like, you don't like, but 
there's something about it. It's more like it's like that melancholic thing, like you kind of hate it but you love it kind of thing about yeah. it. It's got. I that. gotta watch that. Um, Cathartic. Yeah. yeah, totally. Have have you have you guys watched the Fargo television show at all? I have, and I I like it a lot. I think that's the last. Good. I didn't watch the very last season, the the most recent season they did with Chris the Rock, Chris and Rock, Schwartzman. Yeah. I was very intrigued by. It. I don't know why I fell off. I didn't watch it, but everything before that I love, especially the season with uh, Jesse Plemons and Kirsten Dunst. I loved that up uh, that season yeah. in particular. Yeah. Season two, yeah, I it's think. good. It's surprisingly good. Where the dad from season one is the young guy played by Patrick Wilson. Yeah, Billy Bob. No, Billy Bob's in the first season. The first, yeah, that's what. Yeah, yeah. That's and right. then the second one, they go back in time to like seventies or something, and it's supposed yeah, to be yeah, yeah, yeah. the the main chick's dad from the first season is played by Patrick Wilson. It shows him coming up and dealing with all the, you know that that other family with Jeffrey Donovan from Burn Notice. Harris watches Burn Notice. <laughs> he is fucking awesome, dude. I love that guy in season two. Of When they go into that fucking donut shop and they fucking just wreck shop, they beat the shit out of people. And then he stops and he goes up to the counter at the donut shop and he's like, I'll have uh, a couple jellies and a dozen glazed. You know, like just plays it so straight. I will, Back to business. He's so awesome in that season. But. Yeah, long story Tomorrow's short. National yes. Donut Day, boys, by the way. Make sure you get a get yourself a donut. Wait, today or tomorrow? Tomorrow. Is National Donut Day. June 2nd. <laughs> Go nuts. I'm about to hit that Duncan's. I'm the mayor of mm-hmm. Duncan's King. <laughs> you remember that fucking uh, uh, Casey Affleck? He was on SNL. They did a Dunkin' Donuts skit. Dude. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. See that. He, what's he? He's like, I'm the mayor of Dunkin's, and he's like he's smoking cigarettes right outside the glass door at Dunkin's. It's like I have like three parliaments. I have a, I have a, a Dunkin's, and I take a dump. And they're like, get <laughs> out of here! All right. Yeah, that was a fun flashback to the late '90s. I'm super nostalgic about that because that's when I was like coming into my formative years, like 14, 15, 16, those late nineties, early two thousands. We haven't got any, you guys have anything in the colloquial corner. I have one review that I wanted to share real quick. No. Do you have any country reviews that you peeled out for this, Steve? <laughs> no, I didn't. Well, this one I got is, this is from IMDb. This is from Squire PM. This is a one out of 10 and it's, this is a ridiculous amount of periods, but it's like 18 periods. Avoid this sly dog. <sighs> so men kill women. Better men kill more women. Serial women killers are great. In fact, they're so great that once the local sheriff, representing all men cops, finally figures wow. out who the real serial killer is, he admires him? The guy only kills women, so why arrest him? What a theme. This movie's well-made, stylish if but boring. I love dark humor, but it mostly misses by a mile here. Scott Wilson gives his usual first-class performance. Vince Vaughn isn't very funny and mostly unappealing, but they have sold a bill of goods to get him into this movie. I give it a grudging one star for competent cinematography, but if you bother to watch it, you'll lament the wasted time later. Brutal. Yeah, that's super brutal. And this is like a preferred... Uh, reviewer wow <clears throat> sounds I don't know official that, i don't know what that means on imdb if you have to have like 200 reviews or 
verified or something. But probably just have to pay for it. Yeah, <laughs> they're in the IMDb Pro, just trolling. Yeah, I think that was that was pretty hardcore. That was, most of them are, are pretty middle of the middle of the road, or people like like it and they have nostalgia and they think it's like it hits that dark kind of macabre funny. What, what was the button. What was the name of that reviewer? Squire PM. This is from 1999. That is, that is somebody who hates their stepdad, guaranteed. <laughs> I will bet my life. What a theme! Yeah, that didn't make any sense. No, it's it's pretty confusing, and I, I really I think the the biggest thing that I hated was the first thing out of the gate was like the usage of there's literally 15 I'm not going to count them all periods avoid this sly dog and why is it a sly dog whatever um preferred yeah. this is a prefer- preferred critic this is a preferred dog uh, this movie is so uh, I I don't know if I really asked you point blank but you did you enjoy this Bob. Yeah, I I dig it overall. I don't I don't know that I'm as hot on it as as it seems that you are. Um, but I also I don't have any like I've got no nostalgia like you know as as first time watch for me. Um, but I guess I have I I do love seeing Vince Vaughn like go nuts. Yeah, and I guess he played like a psychopath way more than I than I realized he had because I know he was in like the Psycho remake. This, which I didn't know he was a killer in it at all. He was in that freaky movie more recently. Yeah, he was actually pretty fun in that. Where he's a serial killer. I, yeah, it's a fun movie. It's goofy as hell, but it's pretty pretty fun. So, like, I don't know. I'm into this, like, psychopath Vince Vaughn situation um, overall. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed it for sure. Sweet. Right on. Well, that pushes – let's see what that does to us. Coming off hot of the heels of uh, – Navy SEALs being a positive mark, which is actually pretty surprisingly gory. Uh, I was not expecting it to be that gory, which, I mean, it wasn't crazy gory, but you got, like, pieces of people's face blown off and stuff like that, which, you know, they were trying to chase that Top Gun kind of flare, and, yeah, they they cranked it to 11. So that pushes us up from an 86% to an 86.5 approval rate. Sweet. That's pretty good. Yeah. Your your buddy Chris that was on last episode talking about alligator and orca <laughs> being better than Jaws blew my fucking mind. I couldn't I couldn't be as incredulous as you because I've never seen alligator, so I want to give it a benefit of the doubt. But I do know that Chris does like some wild shit. Um, and I was pretty surprised how adamant he was against Jaws because my recent <laughs> watch of Jaws last year one of the few, probably only the second or third time I've seen it, I, I fucking loved it. And I felt like it was like, it stood up to the reputation of being like this, you know, 20, 30 year favorite, like horror summer fucking killer shark movie. Like I loved it. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's an all time classic for me. And I don't think I'm alone in, in that feeling. Um, it's a it's a fucking great movie, man. It's it's hard to compare other fantastic movies to it, much less Orca. <laughs> yeah, like, dude, I will say I I I won't go so far as saying I think Orca is better than Jaws, but I will say Orca is fucking super rad, and they start out hard out of the gate too. Like some dude getting snatched off that fucking crow's nest, like in half within the first like minute, like the credits are still rolling, kind of thing. So it's it's definitely a different vibe, but um, yeah, 
Yeah, I, I I was pretty flabbergasted of that too, especially like you know having the recency of just seeing it last year, and and it really hit me like too. It wasn't just like this is a good, effective, like horror creature kind of movie, which is what it's going for. It's just it's a it's a great film in general. Like it's got every piece, you know, not just like oh, the yeah. gore scare. Like the you buy the the interplay between the the. Roy Schneider, the sheriff and the, the people of the town, everything that's going on. It just, it, it plays really well. Just the same as another Spielberg, like ET. It hits me very similarly as, as ET does like with, you know, sharks swapped out for aliens kind of thing. Um, but any, at any rate, um, those are fun summertime watches. I haven't seen any of the movies you guys are talking about, but I, uh, I support Chris. Oh. I think he's right. Okay, I do. I was. I do want to check out Alligator. Alligator is not like a terrible movie or anything, but just it's it's no Jaws. When he first started going on his like his rant uh, about Top Gun and all the movies that are better than Top Gun, I don't think I saw any of the other movies that he was referencing. But I'm definitely not a Top Gun guy, so I was like, okay, my my thoughts and feelings on movies are probably pretty similar to this guy. And they started shitting on Jaws, and I was like, no, they are not. They are not. I disavow his opinion of Top Gun. Yeah. (laughs) It's like when he was talking about enjoying anchovies, and then I crossed the Rubicon with, like, you know, even anchovy paste is awesome because he can fucking just blast that on anything you want, like on demand. He's like, that's where I have to stop talking to you. (laughs) I've never had that. It it sounds heinous, though. Just blast anchovy paste right to the mouth. No. Dude. Baseball. It's awesome. Yeah. You know, it, Bob. Bob is correct. <laughs> yes. No, because if you enjoy, you are correct. Yes. If you enjoy anchovies on a Caesar salad, a couple plops of that anchovy paste, and then toss it, which I know you're fond of, Bob. You toss it, and then it it dissolves. It it becomes part of the Caesar salad, just the way gotcha. you you eat the anchovy. So you don't think about it coming out of a tube. You're like, oh, this is like. I do love a Caesar salad. This is a Caesar sure. that's got some fucking steak on it, like some zing. <laughs> Speaking of which, where would Tina Turner be if she just rolled over and said, hit me again, Ike, and put some steak put on some it? Put some steak on it. Dude, what, what's that from? I know that's Jim Carrey. Is that it's Cable Guy or is that? No. That's Liar Liar? Okay. Rolling on the river, that's where she'd be. That's where she'd be, too. Damn. That's so fucked up. Yeah, rest in peace, uh, Tina Turner. No disrespect. I'll take a shot of Malort in your honor for that, Steve. <laughs> Godspeed, Jim. I don't think I've ever seen a person drink this much Malort in one sitting. Uh, I don't know which chance You're a champion. Pickle um, quick, back. find a pickle bag or some... <laughs> creme de menthe or whatever the fuck else you're drinking dude i drank way <laughs> more anchovy i drank paste. way more than this malort than i was expecting. oh my god dude <laughs> i think that's, that's half <laughs> that's a lot of malort <laughs> that, oh my that's god where, <laughs> that's where we're at I, did you just dump that down the drain no, or like I swear. <laughs> that's impressive as fuck it's not though because i'm gonna i know i'm gonna hurt for it tomorrow because i gotta wake up at six God damn. Um, Drink some water, man. Wow. God, I wish this was a visual so people could see <laughs> how much malore you just showed. <laughs> well, you know what? Dude, I've drank about the same or a little bit more of bourbon 
while we've Drank recorded it. and I've I've been okay. And this is only this is only 70 proof. So yeah. I did that with some Wood Woodford Reserve hundred proof on I can't remember what episode, so I'm good. I am not your friend. Sure you are fishing buddy. Malort's your fishing buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, Rollo. Tomasi. I don't know if your old lady listens to this, Steve, but maybe she can does. we call her out? Can we call her out right now about the yeah, whole Rollo Tomasi? Do. Okay. Yeah. So I'm probably I'm did you tell her about this at all? I don't want to put throw your shit out in the street, but the whole Rollo Tomasi bit, Steve texted me and was like, You didn't put two and two together when What's his name from Pig? What's his name? Uh, Nick Cage? No. Uh, uh, babe. <laughs> Pig. Uh, Dudley. Pa- babe. Dudley. Captain Smith. James no, I, Cromwell. I, Fuck. I, te- I texted <laughs> Okay, back up. <laughs> I texted Jim and said that LA Confidential was one of the, the, the few good movies that I liked so much that my old lady hadn't seen it. I was like, I'll watch it again with you. Okay. Um, so you've seen LA Confidential, right? I have not. Okay. Well then, <clears throat> well, I don't want to give away Earmuffs. too much, but, but there's like a big plot twist. And when it gets to that point, she's like, wait, what? Who's that? And yeah. so I texted, I texted Jim, like, I've never wanted to fucking kill this bitch more than... <laughs> And so I sent him I sent him a gif of unforgiven, like, bitch, that's a mistake. Yeah. That's a mistake. Dude. <laughs> I was a little miffed. I was like, dude, that's the, like the clincher of the fucking movie, man. Yeah. It's the mo- You ain't a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Took her to Silver Ball. I could've I could have I could have sworn you was. <laughs> I said, bitch, you ain't no nerd. Give me some chicken sandwich and a waffle fry for free. <laughs> Bitch, I ain't, got, I ain't got no money. <laughs> and you're going to give me you're all the money you the got. Money got. No, my favorite is the, uh, can I stay over and for two weeks straight? <laughs> <laughs> or what y'all hoes watching? She's like, we're watching The Legend of Bagger Vance. He's like, turn that bull off. Turn that bull off right now. You got a brother, and that's a mistake. <laughs> We're watching Dr. Shivago, A Bridge on the River Kwai, A Brief Encounter, A Lean Night. A Lean yeah. Night. <laughs> yeah. Dude, those are heavy-ass movies. Those are super heavy movies. Dude, I remember uh, a while back, like, we would go over to my father-in-law's house and cook dinner for him on, like, Sundays, and he would reintroduce us, kind of like I'm doing with you, like, with old movies that I had never seen, like The Dirty Dozen I had never seen, The Ninth Configuration, McCabe and Miss Miller, which I know you love, Steve. Sucked. I was... Sucked ass. Yeah. Don't watch it. (laughs) The Dirty Dozen is fucking awesome. Some of those older flicks, man, like, you just have preconceived notions about them, and, like, one of them was Chinatown. That's another thing. I I think you mentioned you had just watched chinatown bob and you said you liked it yeah yeah i did like i watched it on the airplane um a couple weeks ago and i didn't know shit about it man i thought it was in new york it's not yeah but yeah it's a good ass movie yeah it was a fun one i like that one a lot yeah yeah i was i was really glad to hear that because that's one that 
in my formative years, like formative movie, serious movie watching years I watched and really struck me. And then I tried to like talk to people my age because it's, it's a lot of older film. It's made in 74 and by Polanski, which I've learned even some more wilder shit about him that, that makes me kind of go a big rubbery one. Um, so it's, it's, that's a really tough one to think about, like recommending bean dub podcast. If you guys haven't checked it out, he's fucking super awesome. Uh, he was just actually on our mutual friend, Bob's, uh, kind of offshoot of straight chilling the creature comforts on, yeah. uh, with Soju. Yeah. I haven't listened to the episode yet. I'm super excited to, what was it on again? Fucking, um, enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Which we did. <laughs> it's kind of a weird synchronicity. Cause we did, we had Soju on for prisoners. Yeah. Also a Denny Villeneuve movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. There's another movie called enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal directed by Denny Villeneuve. That's fucking like it. it it's a different kind of movie, but I don't know, man, for my money, Jake Gyllenhaal is fucking really rocking the shit these days. I always thought yeah. he was kind of a Streisand, but yeah. he's, he's, <laughs> he's pretty fucking awesome. And whatever he does prison prisoners is fucking great. I watched that because y'all covered it. I'd never seen it before. It's a good fucking movie. It Sweet. is. Yeah. That's that's one of the only other ones that I've watched twice in the same week. Oh, then yeah. you were like, I, yeah, you got to watch this. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a fucking great movie. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Shout out to not, not to upstage Bob. Cause we have you on, but hard with Soju. Um, that's one of our, our top, uh, episodes actually. That's a crowd favorite. Soft, soft. with Soju. <laughs> <laughs> flaccid with so hey, we can be hard with multiple entities we're hard with bob we're hard <laughs> and we're hard with soju so um but as long as we're all hard yeah hey that that's what matters it's not the uh what is it it's not the treasure we made along the way but the hardness um what that's not a, that's not a phrase sure no the, <laughs> it the, is it, now it's not, it's not the treasure it's the friends we made along the way uh it's the hardness it's the boners we made along the way exactly and that takes us right to Boner alerts. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> cool yeah clay pigeons has been in the the rear view for quite a while but yeah, this is this is a fun flick, Clay Pigeons. Sounds like a pretty solid rating for all of us. Steve, you're frozen and you're smiling super creepy. You look like Keith Ledger's Joker right now. <laughs> it's terrifying. All right, we lost Steve. That brings us to the end. If you have any hate mail, I know Steve welcomes that. Or if you have any questions, complaints, concerns, please send them to us at wax at waxing the porpoise. Oh shit, looks like Steve's entire power to his whole house went out um fuck so he's he's gone gone uh you can also reach out to us at either of our socials instagram is uh waxing the porpoise twitter is at waxing the porp thank you again so much bob appreciate your time thank you for coming on and checking out this flick i'm glad you liked it yeah man can you please remind everyone listening where your shows i didn't do it dude i'm sorry i didn't do a proper intro from the beginning like where you're from it's like hey this is a fucking old friend coming on but he's from the straight chilling podcast can you tell us a little bit more about that sorry yeah yeah no it's it's totally fine dude uh yeah i am bob i'm one of the hosts from the straight chilling podcast we're a weekly horror movie review show uh so if you're into horror you can find us anywhere you get podcasts and we've got over 400 shows up now so there's got to be a review that we've done that would interest you. So 
check it out if you want to. Um, and yeah, thanks for having me on again, man. Thanks for introducing me to a new movie. Uh, something I didn't even know existed. It's pretty dope. Sweet. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. Check out straight chilling. They're fucking awesome. You can go back in the archives, check out things such as the being, which we talked about on yes. the last episode, Jar- Jackie Kong fucks and blood diner. We did both. That's true. Dude. In, in hindsight, I was hoping blood diner would have got a better review. And I was, I was thinking Soju would have liked it more than he did. I was pretty shocked that he didn't, quite honestly. And going back to the being, only being purists will probably remember or appreciate this as much as Chris, if you're listening. Um, he also covered that one too. Uh, there's a scene that reminds me of Soju. Like if I had to put him in a movie, it would be that part in the being when they're at the drive-in theater the guy that like the two dudes are smoking weed in the car and the being pops up and he's like, Oh man, they're just trying look at this marketing. They're trying to do, get, do anything to sell tickets. He's like, I'm going to tell him to fuck off. And he turns over and he looks out the window and says, fuck off. And fuck the being immediately fucking snatches him up and kills him. <laughs> he's like, Whoa! <laughs> like, God, that part fucking kills me every time. That's good shit. I'm going to tell him to fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> uh, thank you again so much, Bob, for coming on. Appreciate you. Uh, check out Straight Chilling, and thank you for joining us, and we'll see you when we see you, and we'll see you later. Happy I got you it. that. Yeah. <laughs> You'll love it. It's from Chicago. Yeah. Dude, that is like some, a, a really awesome ace in the hole to have for something like that. Yeah. Especially to see somebody who's half blacked out for just a second come back like, what? What, what, the, what the fuck is that? Pine solve. What? No. Yeah. And then back they go into the blackout. Awesome. That is awesome. And text of the next morning like, how are you feeling? <laughs> they're like i don't remember anything but the brief moment of clarity brought via walt malort thank you